Welcome to Buffeting, the podcast where my wife Cass Ew. and I share our conversations on investing with you as we try to keep compounding capital so I don't have to go back to being a carpenter. And I don't have to go back working with real estate agents. <laughs> we hope you find it informative and entertaining. But we are not your financial advisors and nothing we say should take as investment advice. As always, do your own research, which is more fun. And now without further ado, on to the episode. You know, one thing men understand is dollars. Okay, they're gonna get the one it. thing men understand and women don't is numbers, it's right? Numbers. <laughs> Would you recommend to other people out there to bring wifey on board? You're not a psychopath or a sociopath. <laughs> you could you could get there if you wanted to. I invest with all my women. <laughs> on, on Sunday we raise a barn, and on Monday we invest. So I just thought maybe um, we could chat about how we started investing together mm-hmm. and how we do it on a day-to-day basis and like what we find is helpful, mm-hmm. kind of what are the pros and cons of it. Yeah. And also because we both do have different, per- like, I mean, we've been married since we were 19, we've you know, been working on stuff together, whether it was houses or, you know, jobs, projects. We've, we've been working together a lot, but we do have different styles of working, don't we? For sure. For sure. We have very different styles. That's probably something that everyone can relate to. You know, you have elements of your personality and your work style that work great for certain things. Yeah. And then you have other elements that are not ideal in certain situations. Um, so us learning to invest as a couple has... I guess in the model in the model of you know Bridgewater and honesty and openness and transparency, and investing is one of these things where if I'm being too open to your ideas and you're potentially too open to my ideas, it doesn't serve our goal. Mm. So if I just you know just because I'm really passionate about an idea, and if you were to then say like you know maybe with the best intentions, oh, I don't want to criticize this idea too much because I might hurt Mitch's feelings well that's not going to help our investing at all so we we kind of have that openness as a basis for the way we operate don't we yeah always try and remain like completely objective Mm -hmm. and if you're aware of your weaknesses at the same time um you can make better decisions I think yeah it's all about learning getting to know yourself and how you work so yeah getting back to like when we kind of I quit my job and started doing investing with you we've had to kind of figure out a way of how we work because you work very differently from me Mm -hmm. you're very good at just kind of sitting getting distracted easily (laughs) no even just sitting in a room by yourself and thinking and you've got patience and you can like you don't get distracted by stupid little jobs that need doing whereas i like i focus down and i drill down on these tiny little jobs Mm. and i lose focus of the bigger picture yeah yeah because i'm just like well you know how i am like (laughs) i'll just like like a little worker bee well activity activity is is success and progress for me yeah yeah but in investing you know peak activity doesn't always correlate results in the best returns exactly sometimes you should just be thinking and not acting and for me that feels like we're not making progress and we're not Mm. ticking things off a list and um that's my 
that's my biggest weakness, I think. I focus too much on the little details. I lose sight of the bigger picture. But you're good at the big picture. And sometimes, you know, you can't kind of... It's... Well, it's a balance. That's the whole point. It's yeah. it's a balance because sometimes you do have minutiae you need to work through. You need to look at, you know, of course, you should look at as many stocks a day as you can as long as, you know, we're actually open to researching them and then the potential they could work out. But, yeah, it's that balance between activity and result. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, so many investors... And I think... The reason why I'm better at it now is because I was worse at it in the past. Like, that's the truth. How it. were you worse at it in the past? What do you think you've improved on? Well, I used to feel like if I could get through like 10 stocks a day, then I would end up having better returns, basically. You know, I felt like that churning through ideas and that feeling of activity, I really felt like that did um, make me feel like I was getting somewhere even if the returns weren't there and be, but because no. there but, but in any case because i then was able to see like that way of working for me i was able to see a period of me working that way focusing and re- really like even when i didn't feel like it so even if i felt like reading a book about investing i would say no i'm going to go through value investors club for the next two hours and just like dig into shit and that just didn't result in me being happy it didn't result in more energy. I ended up feeling, you know, each day I'm exhausted. Whereas the way I work now is I'm kind of like looking for things to jump out at me and to like pull my attention. And then I allow ideas to sort of like simmer for a few days. Wow. And, so you've and, worked on like control and patience mm. and perspective, sounds like. That makes me feel a lot better to hear you say that. Oh, good. Because maybe <laughs> it's not like my my employee mentality Mm. and my personal weaknesses in how I'm too focused and not able to like zoom out. Maybe that's not um, my personal weakness. Maybe that's just how investors start out Mm. and it's the pitfalls everyone kind of can fall into because you don't really know what you're doing yet. And you, you do think like, if I can make a task list for myself and go through it one by one, Mm -hmm. And make an investment every, you know, one investment a month. Or, yeah. You know, these yeah, yeah, right, yeah. arbitrary targets. Yeah, that you pick at the start. So you, you might pick before you've even spent the month researching, mm-hmm. oh, I would like to have one investment per month or whatever. But the my feeling on it after eight years, could be right, could be wrong, I don't know. But my feeling on it is that you don't want to do anything. You don't want to move any money around or do anything unless you're like, you, you. the idea is so good, you can't stop thinking about it. And the market opportunity is so big and it's so far in your circle of competence that you're, you know, you know that you could go away for five years and it wouldn't even bother you. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the hard thing. And so like what makes you pull the trigger on taking an action on something? It's probably different for every case, but. I, I'm really waiting for like a sense of, deep comfort with the idea that's how i feel about it now like i really want to feel comfortable that you know a big chunk of our net worth you know is invested with people who are smart and logical so it's it's a feeling for you well it's a feeling once the all the facts are lined up so like all the facts gathering the facts building the arguments looking at the arguments analyzing the arguments of people who disagree like long thesis and short thesis and stuff that's all part of it. But at the end of the day, when that's all done, 
Mm. I have to feel comfortable that I know the idea mm. um, well enough. So I'm not sure if that's a feeling or if it's um, a decision based on my own feelings. So like, mm. cause I know that at the end of the day, when I'm watching this share price go down 30 or 40%, you know, it's going to be my feelings that are going to trip me up. So, you know, if you're, I'm aware of it. But in the same respect, like, do you struggle with, because this is what I have now. Like if we look at something and it kind of the basis argument stacks up yeah, and the financial stack up and we've kind of thought about the risks and it's not a immediate no because mm -hmm. of the risks. Mm -hmm. Well, that stays in my head and I'm looking at its stock price every day. And if we haven't pulled the trigger on purchasing it, I'm like getting a little bit impatient and like a fear of missing out. Yep. And maybe that's because I've got no experience that I'm drawing from and you do. But do you find that impatience still a problem for you? No, not really. Because I've, I've so many times I've got that exact feeling you've articulated, which is like, oh, you know, I've done the research. I, I think it's like 30 or 40% undervalued. Like I think it's probably going to produce a good return. Mm -hmm. And then the share price starts going up, right? Yeah. And then you start feeling like, oh, if I don't get it now, I'm, I'm going to miss out. But I think going through the exercise so many times of buying that stock and then six months later being down 20, 30%. Yeah. It's like, like what was I, I rushing for? <laughs> what was I rushing for? Like, you know, it's, there's, there's, I have the, I have the feeling about it that there is always time. Like you could have bought Google at any point. You could have bought Facebook at any point. You could have bought, you know, Air Wellness at any point, you know, over the past few years and you've done done well. Um, so it's less about the week to week. Like I feel like you've always got another month to think about it. You've always got time. Yeah, well, I when I have that feeling, which is like every morning I wake up, I'm like, why haven't we bought this yet? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just like I'm maybe it's my mentality playing into it too. Like I'm I'm very impatient and we both, I can get we, very we both foolish. are naturally very um impatient and we because we we really want this to work out. Like we we really want to keep compounding money at you know over 20% if we can. So I think it's the we just the, the motivation. We just do the best we can do. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And so anyway, um yeah, so it's it's your experience that's like worked on your patience there that I'll mm. probably have to work on that over time i mean we've only had this happen i think once now with with lounges which is the stock we were looking at a couple of days ago we understand the company we understand the industry it's in the circle of confidence the valuation makes sense it looks like it's understandable business and yet mm -hmm. still after all those boxes being ticked i'm leaning leaning towards no yeah and so, so that, am i funnily and, enough and so are you now but probably yesterday maybe you were a bit more like you would have made the call well the funny thing is if i could own lounges right now as a position with our free cash mm -hmm. i'd prefer it to be in lounges than in our cash sure. but at the same point if we find something else in the next month or six months or year where we think opportunities surely have to start coming in mm. you know if, mm -hmm. if the future plays out how we think it might probable to expect anyway um, I'd prefer to have that cash there for the opportunities. Yeah. So how do you balance the two? Like, do we just have it sitting in a position as like a temporary placeholder? Yeah. And you're just ready to sell that and transfer it into something better when it comes along? Because you just... That probably doesn't the, make sense because our case for lounges is also a long-term case. Exactly. So why would we be holding it now 
at a valuation reasonable, reasonable. Yep. but we don't think there's going to be much movement in it for a, a few years. I think because because every investment we make, I'm trying to make sure that when the money goes into it, I plan to keep it there for five five years plus, basically. Yeah. So the fact that the market's so overvalued, well, when you compare it to interest rates, it's not overvalued, but when you look at it historically, based on um, earnings. earnings earnings versus price, it's expensive. Yeah. You know, n- no one could disagree with that. Now, the question is, does it make sense with interest rates? Is it is a different discussion? But the fact that we know the market is historically high is weighing on our decision with some of these smaller investments. Um, Big time. Is yeah. that the is that the right approach? I'm not sure, but we're about 75% invested now. So because the, we are 75% invested in some great businesses we're really happy with, valuations we're happy with, that last 25%, the way my mind is handling it at the moment, it's kind of like, well, that's got to be something really good. To, to, to be 100% invested at a time when the market is so expensive means that that last investment has got to be so good. And despite lounges being you know perfectly justifiable as an investment, mm. you know, um, there's quite, been quite a few that are, I would say have been very justifiable as investments. Maybe about one every two weeks, I feel like I find something that I understand well and you know it looks like it's going to produce 15 to 25 percent returns going forward based on reasonable assumptions but being 75 percent invested means that you know happy to wait for now yeah you kind of want that kitty there yeah for when something really attractive comes along and you just can't help yourself you're like yeah that that case makes sense to just let's get behind that straight away you probably you know that feeling a lot better than I do, but I can kind of get an inkling of it now and then. That 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 feeling, um, you, you know, you don't want to know that you're on a you don't you don't, don't want to start thinking you're you're on a sure thing, but mm. that feeling of looking at something, thinking about it every day, thinking about it every two days as an investment, re being being re critical of it, which is what I try and do every couple of days. I try and think about all our stocks and we we talk about all our businesses constantly that we own and looking for problems, looking for things where mm. there could be danger. And that, I feel like that gives the conviction, that helps you sustain the conviction. And then to, 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 to consider bringing a new portfolio in, a new company into the portfolio is always like, okay, do I really want to start a relationship with this company? Like yeah. <laughs> a long-term relationship. So would Hard. you say that's kind of like a ground rule for you then or a principle? It's like when you're gonna when you're going to buy a position to bring into the portfolio Mm. that position is going to be something that you hold for a long time is that like a a ground rule you have or sometimes you'll change that rule well um so there was a company a few months ago maybe maybe nine months no i'm way off over a year ago there was a company called um matula which was like some kind of strange internet company Mm. and it was just a merger arbitrage. So there was a company in Japan that was buying this Australian company and they had said that for lots, for, for shareholders who own less than $10,000 of shares, you're going to get this much per share. And it was a technique designed to just like make all those shareholders agree to the buyout basically. But what it meant is you could go in and buy the shares, buy $10,000 of shares, and you were basically guaranteed a certain amount of cash in the transaction, if the transaction went through. And it was like a 
25% upside um, as far as the big company in Japan acquiring the small company. Yeah, so that's so, just so that, more of an that arbitrage That was like an arbitrage position. thing. Yeah. Um, and it worked out fine. So that, that apart from things like that... Well, I wouldn't call that buying a position to bring no, into our portfolio. It's just, I'd put that in like our categories for options and yeah. kind of hedging and a little, you know... Exactly. little financial footwork or whatever. That's not really a... Yeah. Let's get behind this business and let's hold it as like exactly. a little baby of ours. Exactly. So... Yeah, considering that you know, looking at a, a business like that, business lounges, yeah, it just didn't didn't quite meet our, our criteria. Didn't meet my criteria. It wasn't there's anything wrong with the investment. That's the other thing, is that different people would feel more or less comfortable, and it would be right for them, but it would be right for me. Yeah. And that's the the weird thing about investing, is that unlike you know when you're a carpenter and there's one way of building the deck that is probably the best way of doing it. There's no like best way of building the deck for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's very different. It's not like a regular job because you need to, part of the investing is you need to be able to sustain the, the conviction for a long time when you start something. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. I think. But I don't know. As far as different ways of working, I do think like we have different styles. Like I'm, I try and stay relaxed no matter what. You do. You're so good at that. Like, I think it's just I'm just lazy. I, I just like I just like I just like being happy all the time. You're no just what. chill. You're just oh. so chill. I'm so jealous of that. I'm just like I call but myself you kind get of shit done sometimes. Which yeah, is good. I do, but I'm bipolar in the way that I think like I just amp up to like a hundred percent, and I just want to focus. Yeah, I'm just like in a tunnel vision. Yeah, and then I can kind of get to those chill zones where you've just got total objectivity mm-hmm. and perspective which is a really cool feeling i like to be in that zone all the time i think that's the best place for an investor to take your emotions out of it as well Mm. and just be so clear-headed and think of the whole picture but um yeah i think it's interesting the original topic of us as a couple yeah would you recommend to other people out there to bring wifey on board how has it how has it changed investing for you? Has it in in a good way and in a bad way? Oh, it's it's a million times better for sure. And a lot of that is because you being the person that you are, where you know you're you're smart, you're interested in it, you're objective, you're you're super rational. Like you know you're like you're not a psychopath or a sociopath, <laughs> but you are like you are uh, you could get there. Cheers, if you, babe. If you, you could you could get there if you wanted to, and that's. <laughs> And and that's a and that's a compliment, and you know it's a compliment. Um, You're not a psychopath, but you can get there if you, you wanted get there to. If you wanted to, fuck me. <laughs> no, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you, no, Seth. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> no, I think because you're rational, and because you're you understand that if you know you bring up a point or an idea, and I shoot it down, it's not. I'm not shooting you down. I'm shooting the idea down. And vice versa for me as well. Good. Like the, the idea that you would think that the best way to invest is without ever exposing your ideas to criticism is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. So that's essentially for us the way it's working is that both our ideas, my ideas and your ideas, are now getting two kind of viewpoints, viewpoints um, for people who really care. Like, you know, you care as much as I do about, you know, compounding the capital so we can do things in the world. So, so it's been a good thing. Oh, it's been a massively, massively good thing. It's been an adjustment yeah. because you're used to thinking things through in your own head, but now 
you know, you ask me great questions all the time about different investments that we have and I don't always have the answers and I have to go and look them up and think about them and give you a good answer that I know you're going to ask me more questions than it doesn't make sense. So that's how it's been for me. And if, if, you know, if you don't want that as an investor, you're crazy. Like you should definitely want that. It's, it's been great. And yeah. not, not to mention the fact, the, the ability for us, if we both agree on something, I guarantee come next downturn, we're going to be way better at maintaining conviction and ideas because there's two of us who will come to the decision about it. Now, I don't think you want to add like five people to that decision framework, if you want to call it like a framework, because so it can get, get too confusing. With polygamous them. relationships don't bring you four wives on. You know, yeah. Just, just your one wife. Yeah. Just pick, um, your, just yeah. pick your best one. <laughs> now, say you've got two wives. No. <laughs> We're going to get loads What's of like hate mail from Mormons oh in, my goodness. in America saying, oh, I can't believe you. You discriminated against my <laughs> my my relationship. I, 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 I invest with all my women. They all give me a great, you know, we, we raise a, <laughs> on, on Sunday we raise a barn and on Monday we invest. Are all Mormons like Canadian slash no Irish? <laughs> that, that was not the appropriate accent for that. Oh, we're totally off topic now. So back to how great I am as an assistant investor. No, but my concern is because I'm just learning and I'm asking questions and I'm -hmm. I'm getting you to like really articulate your thinking on stuff. Yeah. I worry that that could cloud your judgment that you've spent years honing down on. Like, you know how your brain works and you know how you Mm. make decisions. And if I change kind of my questions stop you from doing something or make Mm -hmm. you do something different to what you naturally would have that's where i'm like oh i don't want to be responsible for that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no i've I've never felt that i've never felt that because i'm I'm aware of it like i'm aware that i could easily Mm. want to you know give you your stock in the portfolio like oh you know we'll buy that one for you love and this one for me and Mm. i think that's i think um i've heard like whitney tilson you know whitney tilson have you seen him? Well, he's like a former, he's a friend of Bill Ackman's and he had a fund and he didn't actually outperform over however many years. So he um, he closed the fund down. But he said that he had a period in his investing where he was by himself, did really well. Mm-hmm. He had a partner who he really liked, like a you know another guy he was friends with and they, were, they started joint running the portfolio together. Yeah. That he outperformed when they were doing that. And he said after that period of outperformance, he said the reason why he, outperf- he underperformed, sorry, um, with the two people investing together. He underperformed with the two people. He yeah. underperformed with the two people investing together was because he felt he was giving, like, oh, you can have that idea for you and I'll have this idea for me. And, you know, he's a, he's a he went to Harvard. He's a genius. But that is a stupid way of doing things. You need to have one person who makes the call. And that's that's what we're doing at the moment. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're analyzing things. You have ideas. You do research yourself. But ultimately... Like it's on me to make the call, mm. um, and that's you have to have one person I think who pulls the trigger or not at the end. Well, you have to respect the fact that one of you knows best or knows more in different areas. Yeah. Um, so I guess you could say it works. It works really well. Mm-hmm. You can have a massive upside with investing as a couple, but Huge. you need to already have an underlying agreement of total honesty. Of course. And when you bring up ideas, they need to be criticised objectively. And this, I mean, this is a, an idea that applies to all areas of all, of all relationships. But yeah. you need to understand that 
if I have an idea and you criticize it, you are not criticizing me. No. You are criticizing the idea. The idea. And that yeah. only works if you want to adopt the best ideas you can find in both your life and both in investing. Mm. It works the same way. Mm-hmm. And because we have a commitment to that principle of always changing to be on the side of the best ideas, then that's why it works so well for us. But if you're, you know, married or you're, you know, you have a partner or, or whatever, and um, they're not interested at all into you know, in investing, then don't lose hope because there was a point in our oh history. Oh my god! Where yeah, you, let's go back there. You were not interested at all, you know, and, and yeah. I, I was I was like, you know, reading about this stuff nonstop, but for for whatever reason, it just didn't pique your interest. So like. It's pretty, it, <laughs> if I go back, I'd go back and I would slap myself in the face. But I, I never pushed it. But why? Okay, why don't you think you really tried to mm. have the discussion? Like, did you? You probably didn't think I was would ever be interested. Therefore, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. I don't know. The, the, the person you're talking to needs to be open to it. Needs to be open to to learning and being and feeling like a dumbass. Because let's be honest, anytime you start learning anything. You're gonna feel like a dumbass, like for a lot of time. Yeah. You know, I still feel like a dumbass every day when I'm, you know, researching things. Like you're constantly finding things that are just like way too confusing for you, and you don't. Understand. I find that's and... the best spot to be, though. Yes. When for you're sure. just total, totally humble, mm-hmm. and you got no ego going on. Yep. You're not like floating on a cloud because of a just a piece of success you've just had. Exactly. And therefore, you think everything you touch is gonna to be gold. Exactly. <laughs> it's nice to be in the dumbass mind frame where it's like oh mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm doing but let's just be open to anything but um yeah looking back at the point in time where i really wasn't involved at all or interested yeah in anything you were talking about i mean god i just i didn't understand what you were doing you know i didn't appreciate how difficult it was mm. what you were trying to do and like how much time and focus it required so I think if I, now I, I look back and I understand that and I'm like, Jesus, like you had such great commitment and work ethic to learning about this. And, um, Thanks, Robbie. Although I don't think it was a choice. Like I was so miserable in my stupid job that I was just desperate to find any way out of it. Yeah. So it was less about me trying to like, you know, as a top-down way of saying, okay, I'm going to work at this, you know. It, it, I've enjoyed it the whole way. Like, I've enjoyed the whole process. Like, it's not as if I you was... You love it. Yeah. I love it. You, yeah, yeah, it's been and you fun have the whole to way. love it. But that, as I said, I think um, previously, everyone would love it if they actually really understood what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think um, any guys who chat with their partner, and if their partner does actually just stop and take the time to listen... Yeah. And like give this learning a go, then they're gonna love it too. Yeah. Because it's um it gives you control over your life. And I really believe that the vast majority of people, like I'm I'm talking above ninety nine percent of people who have a reasonable level of financial intelligence. So if, if you understand budgeting, if you understand ideas like sunk cost and if you you know you're interested in podcast and that kind of thing if you're that kind of person who likes learning mm-hmm. then 99% of those people I think can be decent to great investors that's true the the difference between an investor who makes 8% a year and an investor who makes 30% a year I feel like it's mostly just about 
emotional control. So actually forcing yourself to buy when things are down. Like mm. you can run all the models you want and all the you know projections and stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to move the money out of the safe account over to the investing account. You have to put in the order for how many shares you want to buy. Yeah. And you have to hit buy. And then when it doesn't go through, you got to change it and you got to actually commit to doing it. Um, so that skill is the hardest skill and that will depend on what kind of personality you have in a lot of ways. But most people and most couples could be talking about the Doing future, talking yeah. about where they're going to be in 10 years' time if they can compound at this rate and you know the, the charities they can help and the things they can do. And I reckon most people would be better off doing it as a couple. Sure. Yeah, like just have someone there like before you make these decisions and just be like, you know, are you on board with this? Does this make sense to you? And then you're sharing that load of responsibility. Yeah. Because um, these decisions are the future. Mm -hmm. It's your life and your future in your hands. Yeah. And um, if you can share that with someone, it, it does halve kind of the stress load, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. For sure it does. You know, instead of having the conversation like, oh, Hey, Bubby, just letting you know, you know, we're down 20 ground this, you know, you're going to know about it as it's happening. You're going to understand why, and it's going to be a lot easier. It, yeah, it you works. Know. It works really well if you can get there. If you can get there. If you've got a partner who doesn't really know what you do with your time, mm -hmm. if all they know is that, oh yeah, they're into it. My, my husband is into investing. Yeah. Which is all I really knew. Yeah. Um, your partner literally thinks doesn't know what you do with your time. No. Like I was probably thinking, ah, oh, he's gone to his study again. He's going to read something for five hours while I bake a cake and clean the house. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> great deal. It's like, I'm getting fucking jibbed, aren't I? But <laughs> yeah. I had no appreciation for like the gravity of what you were trying to achieve. Yeah. No appreciation at all. Trying being the being the keyword there because like you never know you're going to succeed until you've done it no and we haven't like succeeded yet we've just gotten to the point where um it's going pretty well and we've been able to like if we live cheap we can do it full time like it's not yeah we like to think of it as a checkpoint say it's like yeah we've hit like a safety checkpoint now where the boss level yeah we can do we can do this with our time mm -hmm. and um if we do well we can keep doing it with our time exactly Exactly. But, but you got to yeah. start. You got to start the process in order to hit these milestones. And if you've got like a partner next to you, um, it's just for me, it's really nice. I don't, I couldn't do it by myself. I don't know. I don't know if I could. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have the conviction to stick it out. Yeah. So, I guess in summary, we would say if you're in a relationship, if your money is tied together, then I guess think about it. Think about the person that you're with and the way their mind works. But for most people, I think explaining what you're trying to do is the best way to, yeah. to, to, to get to get buy-in, don't you think? Yeah, like, like you're, you're literally, you're in a boat with someone else, right? You're in yeah, it together. If sure. you're in a committed relationship with someone, you know, yeah, um, you may as well have a co-captain if you can. Or for you sure. may as well just at least try and educate the other person a little bit so they appreciate what you're doing because yeah. it's going to make your life a little bit easier. And let's say you're spending 25 hours a week, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, actual work and you're probably spending another 20 hours a week thinking about it if you're anything like me. 
Mm. You know, the idea that you wouldn't want to have another five to 10 hours of like another brain that you know how that brain works and you understand how they think, you know, working as well, like it's going to, it's going to do better for your returns. I would say it's been great for us. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. That's We're, all I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been nothing but good for our for us as a, in our relationship. And I recommend it to anyone. For sure. I would too. Um, but you've got no negatives on it? Um, well, I'm, you can tell from the pause that I'm actually taking this, the question seriously. Oh, please do. Yeah, I'm I'd trying. love to hear it because you're always so positive. And... I'm going to ask you next, so you got to think about it too. Yeah, okay, cool. I will. My negative, well, for my negatives, well, I don't have like a previous version where I was investing by myself, so I can't tell you if there's any negatives for me. Like, this is all new experiences and learning, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's all wonderful. And I've got like this, my guru next to me <laughs> who's like, I'm like, babe, what does this mean? And you just give me the answer, and it's great, it's like a time saver for me. So, yeah. although I've only been <laughs> learning for a year and like actively analyzing for six months i have had you as like well, a bit I'm, of a teacher and yeah. it's 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 fast-tracked my learning let's just say yeah i think i think it's been yeah i'm sure i'm sure i have fast-tracked it a bit because like i've just wasted so much time reading bad books and i have i've been able to give you the good books instead yeah. of all the bad books like you know you, that in itself is it's, just pure gold it's just you know that's probably helped a lot but you know there's been no negatives that i can think of the only negative is just, I guess, sometimes I have to think about things a lot deeper than I would. And trying to explain something is harder work. Like, you might understand something, mm. but until you actually have to explain it to somebody who you know will ask you good questions, you don't really understand anything. So, it has taken more work, for sure, for the last six months. Because not only have I been trying to try find investments and stuff, but I've also been, like, thinking about the way to explain things to you and stuff. But now we've we really hit a smooth point where you understand all of the basics, the basic financials. So, you know, you return on equities and balance sheets and good businesses versus bad businesses and commodities, commodity style businesses versus, you know, branded businesses and like you, all those concepts you understand. So on a, on a surface level, a surface like, level. Yep. The, yeah, they're kind of fitting with my psyche now. It's not, it's not like a different language. Yeah. I know the basics. But yeah, okay. Well, that's that's all I can think of. I'll, I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying to think of keep negatives. Keep trying, and yeah. About. And if there is any negatives, let's figure them out. Yeah. Because I don't want to crimp your style. <laughs> but um, a negative might be you feel more need to like justify how you're spending your time. Sure, sure. Which shouldn't be a negative because I just want you to like just do your thing, you know? Because it's been working. So, yeah, never feel like you need to say, yeah, look, I just spent three hours doing this if you're no. wondering what I've been doing. But no. I, I don't think you have that anyway. No, no, I haven't. I, I know that, like, I'm allowed to say, Bobby, I just want to read about this one company all day today, even if we had a plan. Like, yeah. we're, we're quite flexible. Mm -hmm. So, even though you might say you're, you're quite structured, you know, we're actually pretty flexible as to what we're researching. And if both of us agreed to change the plan, we can change the plan. So, even though you have, like, a more structured mind, and you've definitely like structured the tracking of our portfolio better and you know even the checklists that we use sometimes to go through things like yeah. you've structured all those things much better and that's that those are ideas that i already had but you've improved them um so that's been good yeah, yeah. i guess that's the 
probably the positives of a female brain. Mm-hmm. I think females are generally more organized, yep. aren't they? For sure. For so sure. that could be a positive for everybody. Definitely. And don't quote me on this, but I read somewhere, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I think like 95% of the world's capital is allocated by men. So just like pause and think about that for a second. Like men and women are probably treading into some murky waters here. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) If there's any, you know, investing social justice warriors. That's right. All men are (laughs) listening. You can say whatever you want. I'm about to get, you know, cancelled by everyone. But men and women think differently about things. That's been proven in many studies. They analyze Yeah, I think you're safe there. Go. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) The pitchforks are coming. (laughs) No, um, they think differently about things. And that's an opportunity. A huge opportunity because if you've got 95% of the world's capital being allocated with a certain perspective, can you think about the, the, the hundreds of businesses that are catering predominantly to a female demographic who are being looked at by men? Yeah, I know. But it's funny because you're only going to have an edge as a female. Um, your thesis works out when the majority of people uh, realize that opportunity as well. And it's yep. reflected in the stock price. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's great. I'm a female. Mm. Great. I can think differently from a male's brain, maybe, in some aspects. <laughs> yeah. But what impact is that going to have unless I've got other females making, like, a momentum and a movement Yeah. in the same way that I'm investing? Well, that's just the... that That's a point that's been, you know, discussed for years, which is that what's the point of being right if no one agrees with you? Exactly. Like the market can remain, can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. That's what Keynes said. So like, like you said, if you for all these great female-focused stocks and we we fill the whole portfolio, but the world continues, the capital continues to be allocated by men and they continue yeah, no. undervalue we We've got to wait till there's like 50% women, 50% men <laughs> investing for that for that edge to take effect. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I think that the advantage would be to try and find something where it's it's going through a period of progressively working out, you know, that the financials are changing. So over time, you know, one thing men understand is dollars. Okay, so the men are going to understand once <laughs> once the profit comes through, they're going to get. The one it. thing men understand and women don't is numbers, it's right? Numbers. <laughs> Put that in the promo of the podcast. That'll get a few. Just with a bunch oh, of Bobby, imagine if we have a, a bunch of misogynists following us. That'd be great. <laughs> God. Um. <laughs> no, but it's it's a very interesting point. Didn't Buffett have a quote about that as well? Whereas, like, he only does so well because that 50% of the market is inactive or something. Well, in that, terms of Matt, what did he say about oh, that? He, he, said, he said a fair bit of stuff about how um, a lot of people... What, what, what's the exact quote? Yeah, I know. I have to look the, it up. There's an exact quote. It's not like our podcast is you know, Buffett based or anything. It's not no, like we no. should know everything you said. No, no. Might have to change the name of it. <laughs> from from yeah. I'm I'm actually buffering at the moment. You're I'm, buffering on buffeting. I'm buffering on buffeting. Very good. Well, Buffett has said that he benefited massively because all the women were concentrated in like three jobs and one of them was teaching. You know, oh, so, wow, really? so he had like the you know, the the smartest women in the world weren't at NASA and they weren't, you know, at the UN doing peace treaties, they were, you know, in middle school in Omaha teaching <laughs> little Warren Buffett about maths and stuff. So Yeah. But no, I think it's it's as decent idea as any that possibly there could be opportunities to get missed. 
because the male brain sees something doesn't understand how the, 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 the product is interacted with, with the consumer, doesn't understand the mind of the consumer, and so there's potentially an opportunity, but that's, I don't know. that's the second level of it. At the end of the day, you know, it's just good to have somebody else with you yeah. doing something that's hard. But that's probably why for products that you don't use, female-oriented products, yeah. you're always asking my opinion or yeah. other, other females' opinion. Sure, like, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Might be an edge, might not. Might be an edge, might not, but so far, so good. So far, so good. If you got this far, thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the conversation. Now, if you'd like to become my 22nd or my 43rd follower on Twitter, links are in the show notes below. Mitch, anything else? Nothing to add. <laughs>